You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime. robot films difficult to relate to as a setting. We are hardwired to connect to stories by drawing links to our own experiences and identity. There are some science fiction and post-apocalyptic films which we are able to create relatable experiences from, certainly. However, the relationship between man and machine is often one which ties mainly into our imagination as we cannot perceive of a time when such things will be a reality. Again, it's difficult to relate to, as most of us don't work in the robotics field. In preparation for a story I've been working on, I've been studying robotics. Not to the point where I'm any kind of an authority, but rather where I can use what I do know as part of a larger setting. One of the points that I keep coming back to is Moore's Law, which states that computer power doubles every two years. I've been reading The Future of the Mind from Michio Kaku, and he talks about how our cell phones today have more power than all of NASA had when they put two men on the moon in 69, not even 50 years ago. Robotics have been making a giant leap forward, and it's not imperceivable that what we see in Robot and Frank, the film which we'll be discussing today, can actually happen within the next 30 or so years, the time frame for the movie. The world pictured in the film is not rife with flying cars and hoverboards, but rather just a few technological advancement, which makes sense when seen as a natural progression of where technology is leading us. Now, right off the bat, what did you think about the movie? This is the type of movie that I love, but it's always so hard to find. It's short. I mean, it's what, 85 minutes, I think, is its running time. It's very simple. It's to the point, but you can't forget it. It just it sticks with you. It tells such a strong story with such great characters that it doesn't need all the big effects and long running times and fancy camera shots and all that. It doesn't need all the stuff that other movies need to succeed. It just does what it does and it does it so well that it sticks with you. It's yeah, it is short. It's 81 or 89 minutes. Like you said, it's, it strikes me less as they were trying to go for like an epic story kind of thing, like iRobot kind of thing and more just a slice of life, just a little story in this man's life and that relationship story. And it works. It it's, it's, perfectly done and then by the sheer strength of acting from uh uh frank langela it's it's absolutely brilliant and then again the writing is so well done that it feels like this is where we're headed now, going back to what i was saying i just want to know from from you like how interested are you in like the field of robotics? Have you watched any of whether it's the TED Talks or read anything on it or things like that? 
To an extent. I mean, I haven't been studying it like you have for very reasons, but it's definitely an interest to me of, you know, anything, any technological advancement, especially something like this that could potentially, you know, help people to the point is definitely something I'm interested in learning more about. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I it's something that I've always been interested in, obviously. I mean, young boys back in that time, robotics, oh, my God, it's just one of those things where it your imagination goes wild. But as you get older, it becomes more about what is real, what can be real, what can we expect, and less about the imagination of a young young child who just imagines, again, all of these robots that are completely sentient and all those things. So it's been fun reading more about these. And, and there are some brilliant TED Talks where they show advancements in different fields of robotics. And, and I really love those because what you see is whether it's the school or a group or a company or whatever, most of them work on an aspect of robotics. They're not trying to create, you know, well, unless you're Honda working on Asimo, which you're working on, you know, uh, the, the essentially kind of what we're seeing here, but (laughs) A lot of them work on whether it's movement or the AI to a certain degree in different things. and Or whatever the freaky things those Japanese robots oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are – those will give you nightmares. But but if you look at them in terms of what they're accomplishing in terms of AI, let's not look at you know portals and things like that. But in terms of the AI, it's, it's brilliant it, what they're doing and we're seeing that from different other um, – Again, like I said, whether it's groups or, or um, schools or whatnot, one of the ones that I saw was talking about the, the locomotion of robots. And that's something that you see a lot if you watch the videos on Asimo as well. Like mm-hmm. Honda worked really hard to make their robot walk. And so when you're seeing this little guy here in the movie – when you're seeing the walking, it's using a lot of those same mechanics that have been already pioneered in the field as we know it, the real, like not imagination, this is real. And I found that, again, much more relatable than when you're watching it to believe, you know what, it's a natural progression. We might get to this point. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I really admired about this movie is that it felt real. Like you said, it wasn't crazy sci-fi tech. It was completely realistic based in you know actual scientific advancements. And that realism allows us as viewers to make a greater connection with the characters. It's no longer a sci-fi movie. It's just you know a character movie that happens to have one of the characters being a robot. It made it much more real and much more relatable. Well, to, to go off on that and to to show just how relatable the experience is with the robot. As a viewer, I found it easier to relate with the concept of the relationship between the he and the robot than to relate to the character as a cat burglar because <laughs> I'm not a thief. So it was harder for me to relate to that than it was to the relationship with the robot. Again, that's how well done it was. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> Nice point of view. Yeah. So the story for those who haven't seen it yet is the main character, Frank, is a retired cat burglar. He, well, he's not really so much with the retired. He's having a problem with being retired. <laughs> and he lives out in uh, a smaller, smaller city. And 
his son lives quite far away. His son is played by James Marsden, and he has to travel quite a few hours to visit his father every week to check in on him. And Frank has a daughter as well, Madison, played by Liv Tyler, but she is basically traveling all over the world trying to help everybody else. And so it falls on James's character, who's called Hunter, who then checks in on his old man all the time. So Hunter decides at one point, listen, he's had it with having to take all that time away from his children and to check in on his father. And there's quite obviously some relationship issues there as well, which I like that they didn't harp on that. They didn't turn it into a drama about a father and son having a difficult relationship. That was just part of the story. So it was woven in quite nicely. And so Hunter decides that well, he... Sorry. Just no, no, no. Go ahead. But uh, especially at the early point, you know, Hunter kind of comes off as a bit of a, a jerk. Like he's yeah. just kind of fed up with his dad. Marsden does that Be so well, though. I think that's yeah. his natural state. <laughs> yeah. But at least at that early point in the movies, we don't really know as much about Frank's memory problems. Yeah. And it, it's not so much that he's a jerk. He's just, you know, he's tired. You know, it, it's it's draining. Like. This movie actually reached me on a personal level because I had a, a relative who uh, went through memory loss and Alzheimer's, and I know what that frustration is like. So from, from Hunter's point of view, it's actually a very realistic reaction. Like you try your best, but eventually, you know, you just get tired of the, you know, the constant, you know, blocks and everything that makes it, you know, you still love the person, but sometimes it's hard to deal with them. What I meant was the strain in the relationship because of his father being a criminal. Right. That, well, I'm sure that didn't help. That, yeah, that's what I see. Now, in terms of him trying to do whatever he can for him and feeling frustrated, that I completely, I, I, I actually, especially at the end, could feel how difficult that was for everybody else in the family, especially Susan Sarandon's character later on. That was yeah, that was that, that was, was a great that performance. Was amazing, for her. yeah. So, um, going back to what I was saying, Hunter decides that he's going to give his father a robot caretaker. And again, picture if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go online. You should be able to find the videos uh, for Asmo. If if I can find them quickly, I'll add them to the show notes. Just go to Popcorn Road and for this episode and look. I'll try to find the uh, the videos and put them up so you can see what I mean and. So this robot looks very much like that. And it is a caretaker robot. So this is a robot that's not programmed with any moral objectives or things like that. It just is programmed to take care of whoever the client happens to be, in this case being Frank, of course. Now, Frank is an old guy. He basically does not want anything to do with this robot. But... He slowly kind of warms up to it, especially because he is living alone and he doesn't have uh, um, a regular relationship with either of his children kind of thing. So he slowly kind of opens up to this robot more and more. And then when he later finds out that he can also train it to help him with some cat burglaring, then it gets even better. And then the robot becomes this... <laughs> sentient buddy of his now what's funny here and then i'll let you give your thoughts on that what's funny here is that one of the things that i was reading about with uh, with robots is they were doing a study in terms of how humans interact with 
robots and how our objectives change if we're working with this kind of thing, a caretaker robot towards certain goals. So in the study, what they did is they took a number of people and they developed a healthy program. Again, it was very similar to this in terms of a caretaker um, um, program kind of thing to help people eat better, especially if they had any sort of, whether it was a disability or a, a diabetes thing or any of those things, just to make sure that they eat properly, they exercise, all of those things. So so this, I can't remember if it was a school or it was a group, but anyways, they developed this program to help people. What they did is they created um, a journal kind of setting where all of the instructions were in paper format and it helped people track what they were doing, enter in all the information that they needed, yada, yada. They, and they then created a computer program, which allowed you to do the same thing. And then the computer program would work with you in terms of giving you information that you needed, make it a little bit easier to track the information and whatnot. And then they created a, a, a robot that was just a, a bus, so just shoulder, a little bit of chest and head, and it had a slight AI that worked with you to tell you, to talk to you, to give you information about your goals and to take whatever information in terms of what you'd eaten for the day and, and things like that and to work with you. And they tracked who did better based on which group had which uh, option because they divvied it up. And the results were, as you would expect, like staggering. You had the lower end being, of course, the journal entry ones. A little bit higher, you had the people who used the computer program. And it spiked up for the robot people. They did so much better. It was astounding. And what they said is that when the people returned the items, be it the journal, the computer program, or because they were given like a laptop or something to work with, or the robot. They said the only people who said goodbye were the people who had the robots who said goodbye to their robots. <laughs> These are just plain old little robots, nothing fancy, certainly no type of AI that would have a personality, but these people bonded with them because it's, it's human nature and said goodbye and were sad to see them go. And that's now. This is happening now. So when you look at this story set again in, you know, about 30 years in the future, if they can nail down the AI as we saw in this robot, which is not that far-fetched. I mean, it's more far-fetched that this thing cooks than the AI, in my opinion, that it has the dexterity to do that. Although I saw some videos with dexterity for robots, which was insane. So... It's highly believable. And then that relationship that he bonds with the robot actually makes sense. See, there's a, several things I liked about robot. Uh, first of all, the fact that he was always just robot. Yeah. He never had a name. And that, that's actually important because it keeps Frank as the main character in the movie. Like Because you know, we've seen so many other times that the robot could easily steal the show. But just keeping it as that robot instead of, you know, chappy, if you will, <laughs> that, you know, it definitely keeps the story as Frank's story. I also really liked that it was completely obvious at all times. It was just a small person in a suit. <laughs> like, it, and it's like I said, it keeps the movie simple and it's, you know, you can't take it super seriously, but 
it, it, just, it was just a, a, one of those little charming little things. But what I really liked from a story standpoint, a character standpoint, is seeing how the two played off each other and constantly manipulated each other. <laughs> you know, Frank <laughs> tricking the robot into going through with these plans by, you know, pretending like, you know, like, oh, it's really important to me and it'll help me. And then at the same time, robot encouraging Frank because, you know, it was actually helping him, you know, with his mental faculties and the two of them constantly playing off each other and constantly like tricking each other and going through all this was hilarious. That is actually one of the things that I really liked as well. Not as much Frank tricking the robot because that makes sense you expect that in the story but the moment that robot actually it if he had facial expression you would have seen him cock one eyebrow at one point (laughs) and a devious little grin on his face saying hmm you know like i can get him to do something if i just agree to do this and it's good for him it was freaking brilliant it was fantastic yeah so and then you see the relationships change as his relationship progresses with Robot, you see his relationship with his family change as well. Which, again, it's... See, whereas you say you were glad you saw the, uh, a little person inside of the um, the robot, I actually allowed myself to get sucked right into the story. Right from oh, the oh, get-go. I'm not saying it was always like, oh, there's a person inside of a suit. I'm just talking like from an effects standpoint yeah, yeah. that they didn't bother trying to make it any more complicated than that. Yeah, I actually... I saw a robot. I blanked right out and allowed my imagination to just run with this and see it as this Asimov kind of robot and just kind of rolled with it. And so I, again, I got so immersed in it that I never saw anything else throughout the whole thing, which is bloody fun. And like you were saying too, it wasn't like Chappie, which don't freaking knock Chappie. (laughs) 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 FYI to folks. If you haven't yet seen the trailer for Chappie, watch it. And we will be talking it as soon as it comes out. But as opposed to Chappie, which is quite obviously special effects done amazingly, Asimo is, I shouldn't say Asimo, sorry, Robot is very (laughs) much just a very simple robot. It has a set protocol that that's what it's supposed to do and that's all it is. And I like it for that as well because... It was the least flashy option when designing a robot. So when you're looking at it in terms of if such things become available in, you know, several decades down the line, you will have manufacturers looking for the cheapest way to put out a generic quote unquote caretaker robot for the masses. So it wouldn't be flashy. Especially if you're looking at it being a caretaker robot, which we see at the end of the film when he sees somebody else in the old folks home who has one as well. If they're developing these things to be taking care of older people, then it would make sense that it wouldn't be full of bling and fancy and all that. It would just be a regular plain old robot kind of thing. Yeah. So the story again Frank changes as he is developing this relationship with the the robot as they're planning different heists and whatnot. But his relationship with his kids change a lot too. He doesn't necessarily actually want them around a lot much. Frank <laughs> is not actually that, you know, that caring as an individual. He's got his, he likes his 
his lawn and he doesn't want any kids on it, essentially. He's that kind of old guy. And so whenever he was talking to his daughter, it's like, oh, you're all the way over there. And then when she finally does show up, he's like, oh, God, what are you yeah. doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, his daughter hates the idea of robots. So Madison hates that and she slams it. And they did a good job with her character, too, being this 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 person who is more interested in the lives of everybody else in the world and trying to, you know, be the activist, quote unquote, but not really caring for the people in her life, except on a very, on a very low level of, of attendance, kind of like just calling in and checking in and that's it. So when she is making snaps and Frank finally throws in that little smart ass remark, about well at least he tries and he comes he being hunter you're like you know what i probably would have said that sooner <laughs> so <laughs> she deserved to hear that but then like you said when she finally arrives she's so anti-robot that she turns it off i loved how it really didn't take long of course he Frank doesn't make it easy for her <laughs> yeah but it doesn't take long before she's like screw it just turn it on <laughs> And then the best, of course, relationship and, and spoiler warning for folks right off the bat. The best relationship, of course, is between him and Susan Sarandon's character, Jennifer. Now, you see Frank towards the beginning of the show where he is going to a library. So you're looking at, again, 30 years in the future. If we look at how many libraries have closed now and how many people are reading their books digitally, and if we compare it to the blockbusters and the HMVs and the different music and video shops that have gone under because of the advent of digital downloads. It's really not hard to believe that it's not going to, I don't even think it's going to be 30 years down the line before we're seeing a significant loss in real libraries. No, so, not at all. Yeah. So here we have the libraries closing and Jennifer is works at the library, so Frank often is going to the library. He does read some of the books that are there as well, but he does a, a fair amount of flirting with Jennifer as well. And then that relationship progresses because Frank's first heist with the robot is stealing an old book that is in the library because he doesn't want it going to the the the, the younger millionaires that bought out the space for the library and whatnot. So he steals the book and he's going to give it to Jennifer as a gift. That whole progression with the relationship between he and her, especially as the, um, the Alzheimer's really kicks in and he forgets so many things. And when he sees her in that office at the end and sees the picture of them together, again, I had allowed myself to get so wrapped up in the story Oh, yeah, that was a blind side. I, I didn't see it coming. And so when it hit, it was like, oh, that is so perfect. And the thing, too, is, you know, Susan Sarandon still looks pretty good for her age. <laughs> so, And Frank, eh, maybe not so much. So you don't see the two of them as a couple. So when you see at the end that they were actually married, it was crushing. And Frank did such an amazing job acting in those few scenes that you are, you feel all of his pain. Yeah, it, it was, it was brutal. Like, oh man. 
So that's about it. Like I said, this was not going to be a very long episode because it's... Well... No, I'm not cutting off yet. I was going to ask you okay. if you have anything okay. else. Okay. <laughs> Can give me some... <laughs> so... If there's anything that you actually were really struck by that you wanted to talk about, now's the time. You missed the entire great climax at the end with I, his daring escape. Well, I wasn't going to – I don't want to spoil everything. <laughs> well, I'm not going to spoil but, anything, but – Go for it. <laughs> this this basically turns into you know the buddy heist movie of Frank and Robot on the run from the cops. <laughs> and it was – so ludicrous i was la- i had to pause the movie i was laughing so hard <laughs> when he pulls up in the car and he's like come on let's go and yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna touch on the the ending scene with him and robot but yeah he said for for a small simple movie it had so much emotional weight that it was fantastic yeah it, it, and it i know it's it, this is a very short episode for us but it is a, it is a shorter movie, and B, can't have the episode be longer than the, the movie. movie. Yeah, really. And also, I there's a lot of movies where I don't mind spoiling a lot of things, especially if it's a little bit older. It's like you know what? There's <laughs> there's a statute of limitations there. If it's old enough, you can spoil it. But this one here, and especially because a large part of the film's enjoyment are those few surprises. Because if you didn't see them coming, it really hits you. And and I go back to that, allows you to relate to the characters, the relationships, the settings, all of that. And so there is that journey that Frank and Robot take together as they do more training for different jobs and th- things like that. And it, it ramps up. And it ramps up in a believable way where you you you... Again, you, you're never stopping, at least I didn't, and say, well, that makes no sense. That wouldn't happen. It it does, and it works. And so as the relationship progresses between uh, Frank and Robot, especially at the end, like you're saying, it's just, it's always relatable, and you feel for, you feel for both of them. And it goes right back to that, that, study that I was talking about where people have a relationship with the, the robot. And it's the same thing as a viewer, you have this bond to this piece of plastic and metal and you feel for it as well at the end. I love the little robot. (laughs) (laughs) So go to the site, go to the show notes for this episode. I will find as many links as I can to some of the things that I've mentioned here as well. Some of them are TED Talks, though, so you'll want to either go to their site or to YouTube, or a bunch of them are on... Uh, on um, um, Where did I see them? They were on Netflix, I believe, actually. A mm-hmm. whole mess of them. And then there's some different books I've been reading, too, that are spectacular. It is a field that is very, very interesting. One of the other things that I had wanted to bring up earlier, I forgot, actually, was one of the elements of robotics is, of course, prosthetics. And so when you're looking at the movie as well and seeing movement in the robot and, and, and different things like that, I actually watched a number of different videos on, on prosthetics as well and the advances there. And it's it blew my mind how far they are compared to where we imagine them to be now. To the point where prosthetics on an arm, they can actually put um, sensitivity in the 
the fingers so that when a person touches something with the prosthetic, with the fingers, their brain recognizes that and, and in the same way as if it was their actual fingers. So again, the robotics have gone, come a long, long way in a lot of different ways. So if you go into this film understanding that and, and believing that, this is a very real possibility. It makes the film that much more relatable and that much more fun to watch. So that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, for this episode, make sure to go to the show notes and let us know what you thought about the film. If you liked it or any other robot films that you actually might have liked, like we mentioned, we will be talking about Chappie when it comes out and there's the other robot movie. I can't even remember what it's called. Now I sent you the link to it for the trailer. Anyways, freaky. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> next spring is going to be there's going to be a robot episode that's going to kick ass is all I'm saying <laughs> and we might even be doing Big Hero 6 stay Ooh, on the robot yes. I don't know if, did you go see it yet no I, I was actually going to go out this weekend and see Interstellar but I was just wiped out on Saturday and I spent the whole day laying on the couch playing Destiny <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but I, I, it's going to be a few weeks before I see Big Hero 6 because I don't want to be in a theater full of kids that's true. But we will definitely be covering that on this show when we both watch it because I'm dying to talk about this show as well. So like I said, make sure to check out the show notes and we will talk to you in a few weeks. TV and anime reviews, please make sure to stop by popcornronin.com and leave the guys your thoughts in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out their comic book informer podcast and Internet Dragons TV gaming videos. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. Mm-hmm.